Amazing. I know. I look 23. It's incredible. The Lord has been gracious to me and kind and uh, wonderful. But uh, it's a uh, really great day. Um, I'm going to get straight into the Word because uh, this is, this is going to be lots of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm answering a question that was asked. So we're doing this series called You Asked For It. And uh, so uh, I'm answering the question today, or I'm attempting to answer the question today, is there evidence for the existence of God? And I know that's a funny question to be asking inside of a church, uh, but uh, I'm excited about answering this question because uh, I know for every single one of you in this room, no one excluded, whether you're a person of faith or whether you've come in here for the very first time and you don't know anything about anything to do with Jesus, welcome. We're so glad you're here. You're in the best place you can be and we so love having you. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are and what your journey is, at some point or another, you're gonna ask this question. Is God really real? Does God really exist? How do I really know that God really exists. And I'm really excited about delivering this message uh, because for me, this is one of my great uh, loves in terms of an area to study. I love looking into this. And I love researching and studying and learning all these things uh, because uh, for me in my own journey, I've had serious seasons and moments and areas where I have seriously doubted God. And I've doubted the existence of God. Let's be real here. We've all been in that same place. The difference is, for me, I decided to dig until I found gold and understand what's really going on here and is there evidence for, this, for the God that I believe in, the God that I met. And, uh, you know, I, I wanna, what I want to do today is I want to explore my three favorite areas for evidence for the existence of God. And uh, I pray that these encourage you. Uh, we're only gonna like just scratch the surface of each of them. We're not gonna be able to go deep. Um, some of it is gonna be kind of scientific and, and, and kind of hopefully it'll fill your heart and your mind with a bit of wonder. Uh, I am not overly smart. I don't have a Harvard degree like Darcy, but I did go to Edgewater College. <laughs> so pretty much the same. But what I do possess is an insatiable hunger for knowledge. I love to learn, I love to read, I love to know everything about everything. So for me, uh, it, it's, it's been a lifelong journey of, of discovery and learning and growing and, and, and I pray this blesses you. And I wanna look at these three areas, we're gonna scratch the surface of each of them and hopefully it sparks your interest to know more, to grow in it and to dig deeper. If, you, um, if, if I was gonna give you any resource, if this area of questioning and, uh, and like kind of piques your interest, if I was gonna give you any resource, it would be a book by Josh McDowell, called Evidence That Demands a Verdict. If you wanna write that down, you can write that down. Josh McDowell, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. Uh, fantastic book if you're interested in reading and learning and growing more in this whole area and getting some great evidences for your faith. You'll find a whole lot there. Um, but miss, this is my prayer. I pray that if you are here today and, and your faith is strong, that you'd walk away with a greater awe and wonder of the amazingness of God and His goodness and His reality in your life. If you're here today and you are in that season of doubt where you're sitting here going, I don't even know if God exists, my prayer is that you will be strengthened today, that this would give you something to grab a hold of and that you would, again, grow more into the knowledge of who God really is and, and how great He is in your life and if you're here today and you know nothing about nothing and you've walked in here for the very first time and you've got a million questions, I pray that this kind of maybe answers some of your questions, but more than that, I pray it gives you more questions to ask. 
so that you can dig and find a whole lot more great stuff. And, and my heart and prayer for all of us is that, that God would become really, really, really big and, and his, his grace would become really, really big. And not more than that, that he wouldn't just be a really, really big God, but he would be a very, very personal God that, that you'd know him that you'd really know him because he's, he's there to be known and, and it's, it's, it's amazing. So we're gonna get straight into it and I apologize if I get excited because this stuff so excites me and it's so much fun. And for some of you, this is gonna be like, what is he talking about? And other you like science nerds are going, yay! <laughs> like, you know, so so this, is, this is for you guys. The, the first area of evidence that I, I think just so magnificently points to the existence of God is the area that I've called design. Design. The Bible says this in Psalm 19, verse one. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. The work of His hands, the intent, the design, the intentionality of His hands. Romans 1, verse 20 says this. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what? has been made, what has been created, what has been designed, what has intent to it, what has, person, uh, 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 has uh, intent to it, so that people are without excuse. I think one of the greatest evidences for the, uh, evidences, that's not a word, the greatest evidence for the existence of God is design. The design of this world, the design of, the, do you understand that the complexities and the wonder and the intricacies of this planet, of everything that's on it and you is so amazing. It's so, like you are, you don't even know how incredible you are. Like there's stuff going on inside of you that if you understood it, you'd die because it's so mind blowing. Like it's incredible, the design, of the, the design of this world, the design of who you are, the design of your body, it's absolutely mind-blowing to think uh, uh, what's going on. In their book, The Grand Design, Stephen Hawking and Leonard Ludnow, uh, these guys aren't Christians by the way, they state this, our universe and its laws appear to have a design that both is tailor-made to support us and if we are to exist, leaves little room for alteration. That is not easily explained and raises the natural question of why is it this way? This world has this crazy design to it, which is so wonderful. And in my mind, it points to something a little bit bigger. This watch I'm wearing on my wrist, it's a nice watch, it was gift, gifted to me. And uh, this watch, it has, uh, beautiful design to it. It's got functionality to it. It does its job. It tells time. It, it also has a stopwatch function and I can do split times and lap times and I can, it tells a date. Uh, it keeps track of those kinds of things. If I know distance, it can also track speed. It's quite amazing like what, what the, this can do. But if I was to say that this watch came together uh, from an explosion in a clockmaker's workshop, the only one that would believe me is Frosty. The rest of you are far more intelligent. And, and you are, hey, I get made fun of all the time. Don't, oh, Frosty. I'm in heck. This, none of you would say, oh yeah, that just kind of 
came about on its own thing. No, no, there's, there's complexity, there's design, there's intent, there's functionality, there's form, there's all these things to it which make you, no, 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 no there, there was a designer, there was someone who put intent and, and, and intellect into doing this thing. Can I tell you that what you see around you, this world around you, you, that the simplest things around you are so much more complex, so much like more wondrously complex than you can understand or realize so much more than this watch. And I actually think design screams that there's a designer. Screams that there is a designer. Let, let's, um, let, let's, let's go uh, and have a little adventure. Let's go explore some stuff. Uh, so we're gonna go really, really big. We're gonna start really, really big and then we're gonna look really, really small and see the designer at work in all these kinds of things. Does that sound like fun? Okay, cool. Uh, we're gonna go first to the cosmos. Big expanse, the universe, the cosmos. And, and, and what's amazing is that design is seen not just in little things, but it's in massive things. So in the cosmos, uh, in the study of, uh, of cosmology, uh, there's these ba basic forces in the universe. And when you study them, these basic forces in the universe actually have to be in precise, detailed balance with each other. Otherwise, the cosmos would just fall apart. And it's, what's amazing is there's a whole range of these basic forces that have to be in, in, in fine-tuned balance with each other. Uh, otherwise, if one of them is just off, all the rest of them, if they were in balance, it wouldn't matter. If one of them was off, everything doesn't work. So I'll give you a little example and we'll have some fun here. So uh, in, in, in thinking like the cosmos and the bigness of it, here's what you gotta understand. One of these forces is this. The number of electrons has to be matched to the number of protons to one part in 10 to the 37th power. That's the, the detail. Okay, see so somebody going, what's that? It's a really big number, all right? So, so 10 to the 37th power is like 10 times 10 times 10 times 10, 37 times. It's a huge number, it's crazy. So the number of electrons in the, universe, in, in the cosmos has to be balanced to the number of, matched to the number of protons to one part in 10 to the 37th power. It's crazy fine-tuning, like crazy detail. And that's just one part. I know that's a really, really big number, uh, and it doesn't really make sense. If that wasn't in place, if that fine-tuning wasn't there, electric man magnetic forces would kind of go crazy, and there'd be no gravity, and so like particles would not get bind together, there'd be no stars, there'd be no planets, nothing. Every, all particles would just float out everywhere. So without that one thing, things don't come together. There's no, no nothing. Amazing, right? So, so to help make this make sense, um, let's think about it this way, because that's a really big number, so let me help you understand how fine-tuned that is. So let's say you had uh, 10 cent pieces. You had a whole bunch of 10 cent pieces. Think about the, uh, uh, the continent of North America. Think about the landmass of North America. Okay, take 10 cent pieces and cover the whole of North America. Okay, cover the whole thing. Now cover it all the way up to the moon. That deep, okay? Now take one billion other land masses the size of North America and cover them all in 10 cent pieces all the way to the moon. Now take one 10 cent piece and, and paint it red and put it in with them and mix it up. Blindfold somebody and say, go find a 10 cent piece. The chances of them finding that 10 cent piece is one in 10 to the 37th power. That's the degree of fine tuning that there is in our cosmos, just that matter could exist. And if only one of those over 30 different 
forces in the universe isn't balanced, then none of them work. Design, amazing. It's incredible. Let, let's bring it down to a medium-sized level. Are you guys ready? We're gonna go a little bit smaller. Let's go to this, what you're sitting on right now, this beautiful place called Earth. You woke up this morning, the sun's coming up, beautiful morning, and you're sitting on planet Earth, and isn't it amazing? Isn't Earth incredible? We take it for granted, but you're on this giant ball floating through space. It's amazing. Earth, did you know that the positioning, size, everything to do with the Earth is so fine-tuned that, that you don't even realize. So, so get this, uh, the Earth's size is the perfect size. It's absolutely perfect. If the Earth was just slightly larger, then hydrogen couldn't escape our atmosphere and it would just take over and it would just stifle out life. Like life couldn't exist if the Earth was just slightly larger. If the Earth was just slightly smaller, uh, then uh, oxygen would escape and all the water would evaporate. So the actual size of the earth is perfect for life. That's strange, isn't it? If the earth, uh, listen, the, the atmosphere of earth contains 21% oxygen. Oxygen rise, 21%. You're breathing it. it. It's amazing. If you're not breathing it, start. It'll be helpful. Um, <laughs> Jesus' name, breathe. Uh, so oxygen is 21% of the, our atmosphere. If that percentage was just a little bit more, 25%, you know what would happen? Spontaneous fires would erupt all over the place. Too much oxygen. If that percentage was a little bit lower, 15%, we would all suffocate and die. There wouldn't be enough to live. So 21% oxygen is the perfect, perfect ratio that we can have life here on earth. Isn't that amazing? Did you know if the earth was only 2% closer to the sun that all the water would boil and evaporate? If the earth was 2% further away from the sun, everything would freeze. The position, size of earth, even the size of our moon, the tilt of our axis, the size of Jupiter, all those things play a factor in meaning that life can be here on this planet. It's like someone was like, we need to make sure all these bits are fine-tuned and in place just, just so we, this, can be, this can be just so. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. Do you wanna go a little bit step further? Let's go smaller. Should we go a little bit smaller? Let's, let's look inside you. Like, ooh. Like, really deep inside you, we're gonna go inside your cell into this thing called DNA. DNA. Now, that, like, going inside of a cell is an amazing thing. Like, don't ever think that someone says it's a simple celled organism. There's nothing simple about it. It's so complex. Like, you can't just go, oh, it's just a simple cell thing. No, 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 no. Like, there is an irreducible complexity to life. Like, you can't reduce something right down to base elements and then let's throw them all together and there's life. No, it doesn't happen like that. There's an irreducible complexity. Life has to exist. It has a preeminent state. And you can't just pull it all apart and go, let's put it back together and there'll be life. No, no, there's an irreducible complexity. So single cell organisms, amazing. So the cells in your body contain this thing called DNA. Every living cell on earth has DNA. DNA is essentially code. It's the building blocks. It's the code which, which, which creates and forms life inside you. It makes what you what you are. It's the genetic code that, 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 that's all throughout your whole body and it's there for producing and sustaining life. It's what makes you who you are, right? DNA is made of a four-letter code. That four-letter code in one cell, the DNA strand, is one billion letters long. A billion letters long. So that's the story of you. Billion letters long. Told you, you're way, you're way more complex than you think. Uh, 
So inside every cell in your body is this genetic code, DNA code, a billion letters long, made up of four, uh, four base letters. And so what happens is you're, when your cells divide and your cells are dividing all the time, they're doing it right now, cells are dividing, what happens is that DNA gets replicated and transferred into this new cell, it, it, it replicates itself. You know what's amazing is that when DNA replicates itself, it's like the code's getting transferred, there is a proof reading system within your cell that goes down that line of DNA code to make sure it's getting transferred properly. Proofreading of a billion letter code. You're so much smarter than you think you are. I feel like, I feel like I'm dumber than my cells. You know, like. <laughs> Give me some of that up here. You're like. There's a proofreading function within your cell as the DNA, it's unbelievable. Did you know that if, if um, DNA, the amount of DNA uh, was the size of a pinhead, you see a size of a pinhead, that amount of DNA. Do you know the amount of information in that much DNA is enough to fill 27 trillion paperback books? That's enough books to stretch from here to the moon 970 times. That's the amount of information in a pinhead of DNA. And, and your cells, when they divide that one billion letter code, it takes them about an hour. About an hour. To repeat, listen, this, the complexity of who you are and, and, and what's going on inside of you and the design and the code, like it's just unbelievable. I'm surely the psalmist had it right when they said, you knit me together, you formed me inside my mother's womb. I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made. Wonderfully made. Design for me to look at this world and look at you and look at the complexity of all the structures and who you are in this world around us and say it is without design is foolish. It's to ignore the reality of what we see. And I think all design screams that there is a designer. The second evidence I have for the existence of God is the Bible. And more specifically, Biblical prophecy. And more specific than that, biblical prophecy concerning the coming of the Messiah or the coming of Jesus. So in, in the Bible, in the Old Testament uh, of the Bible, there are around 300 prophecies concerning the coming of a Savior, the coming of a Messiah. Now at a very conservative estimate, a very conservative point, it, we would say that those scriptures, those prophecies, all those scriptures were finished and completed 250 years before Jesus showed up. That's a, at a very conservative match. The, the Greek Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Jewish Old Testament, the Hebrew Old Testament, was completed 250 years before Jesus. We know that, we've got it set. So that the minimum gap right here, the minimum gap is 250 years between completion of that writing and Jesus showing up. So there's a 250 year gap between... Them saying these are the things that are gonna happen, this is what the Messiah is gonna do and be and what it's gonna look like, or whatever. So there's all that, and then 250 years later, Jesus shows up, and guess what he does? He fulfills all of them. One guy fulfills every single one of them. This is staggering, and I believe it points to an external force, a God outside of time and space who is putting stuff down predicting the coming of the Messiah, the Savior that would come. So let me just give you a little snapshot. I'm gonna list just eight. So just eight of these different prophecies. They're gonna come up on the screen. Take a photo of it if you want. Um, but on the, uh, on the left, there's the, the prophecy in the Old Testament. And on the right, there is the fulfillment of it 
in the New Testament, okay? So this, this is just eight, just eight, that he would be born in Bethlehem, that he'd be preceded by a messenger, he would enter on a donkey, he'd be betrayed by a friend, he'd be sold for 30 pieces of silver. I mean, these are pretty specific. Money be thrown in God's house. The price that was given would be the price of a potter's field. That he would be silent before his accusers. That his hands and his feet would be pierced. Other, uh, other prophecies include that he would be a minister of miracles. He'd be from the line of David. He'd be born of a virgin. He'd be crucified with thieves. Uh, by the way, crucifixion uh, didn't exist. It, it, this was written hundreds of years before crucifixion even existed in Israel. So like crucifixion wasn't a thing. Uh, that he would be buried in a rich man's tomb. There's like so many of these, all right? So just these eight. The probability of one man fulfilling just these eight, get this, is one in 101 to the power of seven. Again, that's a really big number. So let, let, me, let me break that down a bit more. So the... The probability of any man by chance, just by chance, showing up and fulfilling just those eight prophecies is one in 101 to the power of seven. Let's go a bit larger currency, $2 coin. Say you got a $2 coin. No, I'm getting rich here. $2 coin. Think of the whole landmass of New Zealand. Take $2 coins, cover the whole of New Zealand up to about five to six foot deep. I'm six foot three, so it's, you know, think about this deep. $2 coins all over New Zealand. Paint one red. Throw it in the mix, mix it around. Blindfold somebody. Say, go find a $2 coin. The probability that they would pick up the red one is the same as one man fulfilling all those eight prophecies. One and 101 to the power of seven. That's, a, that's mathematically impossible, statistically impossible. Yet Jesus didn't just fulfill eight. He fulfilled them all. So this thing you have in your possession, and if you don't have one, we'd love to give you one. It is the most unbelievable thing you could ever possess. The Bible is more than just a book. There is a God who is outside of space and time who enters in and he's done something in here which so points to his existence that the God of the Bible, it's not just a intelligent designer, but the God of the Bible is the intelligent designer. It's, this is one of the greatest evidences for the existence of God is biblical prophecy and specific the prophecies concerning the coming of the Messiah that we know to be Jesus. Maybe the band can join. We're gonna, we're gonna round this up. The last evidence that uh, I believe is one of the most powerful evidences for the existence of God is number three, personal experience. Personal experience. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians, that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Can I tell you, when I was 18 years old, I didn't know anything about anything. I didn't know anything about evidence for God. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I didn't know anything. But here's what I did know. The day I surrendered my life to Jesus, everything changed. Everything changed. From the inside out, something supernatural got a hold of me. The God I prayed to got a hold of me. And from the inside out, from that very day, my life was never the same. 
It was never the same. And the reality of this God became the foundation by which I stood on and the foundation by which I lived by. And throughout human history, we can see that God has been at work in the lives of humanity. That lives that were once broken, lost, addicted, destitute, in a moment can turn and be something totally different. And I know for many of you in this room, that's your story, is that you were once one way, you were once living one way, and then the God you prayed to showed up in your life. And from that very moment, your life has never been the same since. So many people will try and discredit this as an evidence for God, but I think it's one of the most powerful evidences for a loving God, a God who loves you, who died for you, shows up in the lives of people today, that your life is different because of Him, that your life has never been the same. Many of us in generations before can attest to the very same thing. This world is not the same because God shows up in human lives. Friends, I can tell you my personal experience is this. I met Him, He transformed my heart, and He transformed my life. I've seen miracles with my own eyes. I've seen things I cannot explain apart from the power of God. I've seen things disappear before my eyes. I've seen people healed right before my eyes. I've experienced His tangible presence where He filled my body with His love and His grace and His power. I've received the baptism of His Holy Spirit and began to live a life I never ever dreamed possible. And I've seen God do the same thing in countless lives all around me. How can I deny the existence of God when I see Him at work every single day? Every single day. Is there evidence for God? You've got to make your mind up about that. But don't discredit it just because it's God. Is there evidence for God? My personal opinion is I believe there is a whole lot of evidence for God. If you're just open enough to look and willing to see. And if you will, you'll soon discover that there is a God. And it's not just that there is a God but there's a God who loves you and He desires to know you and He desires that you'd know Him. More than that, He actually loved you and I so much that He gave His only Son, Jesus, to die on a cross, to take upon Himself what you and I would do for our sin. And He offers to everyone forgiveness, grace, freedom, brand new life, relationship with Him, eternity in heaven, I pray today that your life, your mind, your heart will be filled with a bit of wonder. Like, man, God is really, really big. He's really, really amazing. But more than any of that, not just that God would be really, really big, but that He'd be really, really known by you, that you, could, you can know Him, that you can have a daily, daily walk with Him where He shapes you and talks to you and speaks to you and helps you and grows you. and You can live a life you never dreamed possible. God, He wants to bless you. He's not just this big theoretical God, He's a very personal God. And I would love to extend an invitation to you, if you don't know Him, to start a journey, to take a step to come to know Him. Because the Bible says if we seek Him, if we, if, if, if we take a step towards Him, then He takes a step towards us. If we seek Him, He shall be found. I'd like to invite you just to stand to your feet this morning. I just wanna pray for you as we close.
I wonder today, maybe your faith has been severely tested and you've been in a season of doubt. I pray you're strengthened today. I pray you are strengthened to ask more questions, to dig a little deeper, to find answers, to find gold, to find water. Maybe today your faith is all good. I just hope that this makes you wanna know Him more. And maybe today your faith is non-existent, you don't know Him. My prayer today is that you'd know that He is real, that He truly does love you, and that He desires that you would know Him. And you can know Him today. His promise is that He will come in and make you brand new. Old gone, you come. And if you're sick of the old life, I'd invite you to come and experience a new life in Jesus. Just one of your eyes closed and head bowed. I'm, I'm, praying, I'm gonna pray a prayer. Um, and if that's you today, if you don't know Him, or, or your life is very far from Him, maybe you've known Him before, but your life is far from Him today, I would love to invite you to pray this with me. I'm gonna pray a prayer, and I invite you to pray this and make it your prayer. You're saying, yes, Steve, that's me. I wanna surrender my life to Jesus. I wanna know Him. I wanna know what he, His love for me. I wanna know His grace for me. I wanna receive that today. I'm gonna pray this very simple prayer. And I invite you right now, wherever you are, just pray it with me in your heart. You don't have to pray it out loud. I don't wanna embarrass you, but just pray it with me in your heart. Just say, say these words. Say, God, today, I surrender my life to you. I know I've messed up and I know I've sinned, but I believe Jesus, you died for me. So right now, today, I surrender my life to your hands. I ask that you would forgive me of all my wrong. Come and make me brand new today. I choose from this day to follow you and to live for you. In Jesus' name. Just while your eyes still closed and head bowed, I'm gonna ask you to do something really brave for me. If you're here today and you prayed that maybe for the very first time or maybe today you're like, you're recommitting your life. You're resurrendering your life to God. God's been speaking to you. I'm gonna to count to three. And on the count of three, I want you to be really brave. I just want you to lift your hand nice and high. And I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not gonna bring you forward. I'm not gonna embarrass you. But I do want you to take a step of faith and just acknowledge, yeah, that was me. I prayed that prayer. Are you ready? Just when I count to three, hands nice and high. One, two, three. Hands up nice and high. Saying, yep, yep. God bless you over there. Yes, God bless you right here in the middle. Yes, down the back, down the back, down the back. Got you. Yep, right here in the front here. I see you too. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me. Count me in. Count me in. Awesome. Awesome. Well, God, we thank you so much for your presence here today. We give you honor. We give you glory. We give you praise. God, I thank you that you are so incredibly big, that you are the designer. You are the creator. God, but you so desire to know your creation personally. I thank you that we can find life and hope and freedom in you, Jesus. And so Lord, I thank you for those who've come today and said, yes, I wanna know Him. Lord, I bless them now. We rejoice with all heaven. For those who've come to know you, we give you honor, glory, and praise today in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's put our hands together for those who responded today. Come on, big round of applause. That's good.